Hello and welcome to the Arsgog Foundation's Ask About Arsgog podcast series. The Arsgog Foundation is the world's only patient and parent-led organisation for the X-linked rare genetic condition Arsgog syndrome. We support patients and their families across 34 countries and counting. Our Ask About Arsgog campaign seeks to raise awareness around the importance of early diagnosis for children and raise funds towards vital research critical to their future development, health and education. Today we are speaking with Shay. Please introduce yourself. Uh, Hi, I'm Shay. My son is three years old and he is the one that is affected with Arsgog. Well, thank you so much, Shay, for taking your, your time today to speak to us for the podcast series. Um, so just to, to start things off, um, when did you yourself receive the news that you were a carrier of the FGD1 gene, which carries the Arsgog syndrome? So I actually did not find out I was a carrier until uh, my son was six months old. Okay. Uh, so when he was, yep, when he was born, um, they knew something was different about him but they didn't really know what. So they went through a a lot of tests and then finally figured out that he did have Arsgog syndrome. If you don't mind sharing with us, what was it that you noticed as a parent that was a bit different with your son? Um, His extremities were really small, uh, especially compared to like his torso. That was really the only thing that we really, that I noticed as a parent Mm -hmm. um, and being different. And what's it like parenting a child with, with Arsgog? At first, it was very stressful because there's not a lot of information out there. So once we finally got the diagnosis, um, it was just really stressful to try to figure out what we need to do next. Um, we met with the geneticist and, you know, he was a valuable resource but even being a geneticist, he still was uncertain of like which route that we would need to take. So I would say the beginning journey was very stressful, just trying to figure everything out. And was it quite easy or difficult to, to get you know in touch with people like geneticists? I mean, were, was that support available to you as parents? It was. We got hooked up with a very great pediatrician that got us in touch with the geneticist here um, where we live. And so that part was very, very simple. Thank goodness. That's good. Were there any challenges that, that you faced um, either yourself as a carrier of the gene or your, your son to, to get treatment or advice about Arsgog syndrome? I would have to say um, with taking him to the doctor, uh, just like the, like a general doctor, if you will, it was difficult to take him in just for basic stuff and having to explain like, oh, he has Arsgog. And then they're like, well, what, what is that? And so mm. they would be Googling at the doctor's appointment, trying to figure out, you know, okay, so do I have to do anything different as a doctor while treating him? As far as me being a carrier, I've definitely learned or um, am noticing things about myself that I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's caused by being a carrier. So that's been interesting as well on this journey. And when you're sitting there, you know, with your son in in the doctor's office and they're having to to Google Arsgog, do you find it a bit daunting? Um, You know, that often you probably have more knowledge than they do about about the disease. Yeah, it's frustrating. (laughs) It is (laughs) because I'm trying to offer everything I know and not that I even know a whole lot about it. 
Um, but when they're sitting there having to Google it, I'm like, okay, are we just wasting time? Should I be going somewhere else instead? But it's just a challenge that we have to face. So. And do you think in America there, there maybe needs to be a bit more knowledge within the, the medical profession of rare diseases in general, not, not just our scope? I do. I think um, rare diseases, I mean, obviously they're so rare, but I don't feel like there's enough information out there for parents and resources out there for parents. And did you find, um, I'm sure you did your own research, you know, Google, et cetera, that's, that's available. Did you find it a bit overwhelming? Because there is information out there, but it can sometimes be inaccurate or have different terms. How, how did you find researching about RSCOG? Um, It was difficult. And, you know, with every kid, the severity of each case is so different. So like when looking at my son, I, you know, was starting to compare him to other cases that I was reading about. And I was like, oh no, is this, is the severity, like, are we getting there? Is it going to get worse? Is it not going to get worse? Um, and just with there not being a ton of information, it, it was hard to know as a parent, like what's right, what's wrong, just that sort of thing. And I, I can imagine it's a very worrying time as well as a, as a parent. Yes, very much so. And outside uh, the medical professions, outside doctor's appointments, etc., how do you find the, the, the community? Do you often get people, you know, asking you, what is RSCOG, you know, what's a rare disease? Yes, I do. Um, with my son, he, he doesn't necessarily have all the key characteristics of RSCOG. Um, which was why we had to go with the, the genome sequencing to figure out what was different about him um, and not just like a doctor's visit diagnosis. Uh, so a lot of times people don't necessarily know, but like when he goes to a different childcare provider, I feel like they should know you, you, just in case mm-hmm. if they were having to take him to the doctor or whatever. And then that's when I mostly get all the questions like, oh, what is that? Do I need to be concerned about anything else? Or you know, you can see some fear and worry in their eyes as, oh, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't take this kid on for this child care because I don't know much about it. So that's, that's a lot of struggle too. I can imagine as, as well, a lot of people, um, you know, hear the, the term Arskog syndrome and immediately what will have lots of questions. I mean, are you kind of worried about what that might entail when, when your son does grow up a bit and, and goes to things like school and then on to high school? I do. And I, I actually just had this conversation with a friend just the other day. I was like, when is, when's the time to explain to him that he does have this syndrome? Is it something that I should, you know, start off right away with, hey, this is, you know, if you notice that you're a little bit different than everybody else, a little bit smaller, this is why, and so that he can explain it, or if I should just let him be and see, you know, what happens. It's it's a tough decision as a parent, but that's definitely a worry as he gets old enough to go into school. Yeah, and with regards to the foundation and obviously we have support networks and um, you know we have sort of Facebook groups etc private chats as well do you feel that getting to speak to other RSCOG parents helps with big decisions like that of, of when to tell your son? I do um, I am a part of the Facebook group and we do have um, a little mom's group chat going on as well and that is definitely helpful just reaching out being like you know because they have older kids some of them have older kids as well being like so when did you tell them 
you know, when was a good time? Or I, I have a daughter that we don't know if she's a carrier yet. So it was nice to reach out to them and be like, you know, when did you get her tested? When did you let her know um, that she might be a carrier of the syndrome as well? Yeah, because that's the thing quite often, um, especially in the medical profession, they, they do forget about the carrier. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of focus and quite rightly so on, on the boy and, and Arsgog syndrome. How did you feel when you did get that news you were a carrier? Did, did you wish you had maybe known previously or do you think it was a, almost a, a good thing that it was something you found out later on? Um, I wish I would have known previously and not necessarily that I would have done anything different, but I could have um, been a little bit more educated on this subject. We went through, uh, when I was pregnant, we did the advanced um, genetic testing to see, you know, what the chances were. And it ended up being very, very low of him having anything wrong. So then it was a big shock you know, when they did find out that he had RSCOG. So I think knowing that I, if I would have known that I was a carrier, it just would have brought a little bit more light to it. Yeah. And what do you hope for the future um, of children who, who are diagnosed with, with RSCOG? I hope that we are able to get more information out there. It's hard enough to be a kid just in general, but to be a kid that has a rare disease is imaginable. Um, so I hope that we can get more information out there for the parents, for the kids, and just to let them know, you know, even though it's 0.4 per million that have this rare disease, you're still not alone. Definitely. And just to end there, is there anything, you know, if you could go back in time and chat to your, your younger self, is there anything you, you would say to your younger self, um, knowing what you know now? I would tell my younger self to not stress out so much. There's nothing you can do about a genetic mutation, but there is things that you can do outside of that. Advocate like crazy for those little boys that are affected by this and just be there for them, be their voice. Well, I think that's an amazing um, story that, that you've shared with us and a great takeaway um, sort of intro as well that you need to to keep on fighting really for for them and and you know as you say do advocacy and and whatever you can to to get those kids what what they need um regardless of whether it's arsgog syndrome or any rare disease yes for sure perfect well thank you so much for for your time today and for being part of our podcast series yeah thank you for having me thank you